I'm Brian Hu. I'm Ada Singh. And welcome to Saturday School. When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. Welcome back to Saturday School. Today we're going way back into history, 1919, and we're talking about a film called The Dragon Painter. Yeah, we weren't expecting to go this far back, but、uh, we ended up there, and for good reason, I think. I guess the idea was, with all of these seasons, we want to not just explore things that we remember watching, covering Asian American cinema the last ten, fifteen years, but also going beyond that. And、uh, you want to talk about our quest? We have some awareness of kind of these old school Asian American actors, if not necessarily all of their films, because a lot of them are very difficult to find. We、yeah. knew there were certain people whose careers we should investigate if we want to go back and look at Asian American romance. Yeah, I started looking at Anime Wong's stuff, and originally we were gonna do this movie called Daughter of Shanghai because we read that there was an Asian American romance between Anime Wong and another big star at that time named Philip An. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, Philip An was a very well-known character actor. Anime Wong was a star of the show, and the fact that they were in a movie together—not just incidentally, because there's a bunch of Asians in the movie—but as a potential pairing, really got us excited. And to give you guys an idea of what we had to do to find it, we had to buy the DVD on eBay because it's not playing anywhere. <laughs> this was not a official release. Let's put it that way. So we watched that movie, and it was actually a really fun movie. But for the purposes of this season and romance, not to spoil anything, but it's mostly a what do you call it, like a crime caper? Yeah, like a detective movie. The romance is sort of secondary. This season, we want to focus on romance being primary. Right. We didn't give up. We believe that there were good Asian American romance roles from the early days. So you kept looking, and then I found that there was another film where Anna May Wong was paired with Seshu Hawakawa, who's actually the very first Asian American star. And I would argue, like he's probably the biggest Asian American star of all time. The stature he had at that time is bigger than any Asian Americans later on. What historians like to say a lot is that he was just as well known as Charlie Chaplin at the time. So we discovered this film starring the two of them. A 1931 film called Daughter of the Dragon. This was actually one of his early talking pictures. So I think even though it was kind of cool to see them linked, like the romance again wasn't as powerful as we were looking for. I guess we could say. So we decided, hey, let's just go back and look at his earlier films because he was really known for the films he did during the silent era. He had enough clout in Hollywood to start his own production company, which he eventually did because he was kind of stuck playing a lot of these villainous Japanese characters that Hollywood wrote for him that he thought depicted Japanese people in not the greatest light. By that time, he was married to an actress named Tsuru Aoki, who co-starred in the film *The Dragon Painter* with him. And this movie is like. 100% romance. <laughs> like, oh, it's 200% romance. Life or death romance. 100% and you come back from the dead, and another 100%. Yeah, yeah. So this film was exactly what we were looking for. Even though technically it's set in Japan, so technically they're not Asian American, but we thought we would make an exception. It's shot in Yosemite National Park, and it totally looks like Yosemite. 
And I, I think it's kind of awesome too, like they're Japaneseifying Yosemite, and that's another way of looking at America in some ways. So I, I think I think、uh, the exception is is well made by us here. It's actually based on a book. He plays a centric painter who lives in the woods, so he's like a mountain man, literally. And he believes his fiance, who is a princess, was turned into a dragon. So he's painting dragons and obsessing over this lost lover. Also,、uh, he he may be thousands of years old. And then he's discovered by a famous painter who、um, is looking for a protege. But then he meets his daughter. Who is like the spitting image of this woman he believes is his long lost lover? So it starts out a little bit stalkerish. <laughs> the, the whole thing is is pretty creepy. He's like, "You are my one true love." She's kind of like, "I don't know who you are." <laughs> And this is a silent film, so you know his performance is very expressive, very dramatic. It's interspersed with these title cards that are also very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> But eventually, I think she kind of comes around and falls in love with him. Well, it's the kind of romance that doesn't really prove to you why these people should be in love with each other. In fact, you don't have a choice whether you love her or him at all. Like this has been destined. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah, if you buy the conceit that you know he's painting his fiance who's dead, like you just have to buy that destiny's working in a certain way. And we do. And also, yeah, you're right. I think the silent film atmosphere also, like, I think, allows us to. Believe in a little bit more of the timeless character of this kind of romance. Yeah, we're not too worried about the socio-political realities of how this romance might be started. <laughs> yeah, we're not that concerned about you know like where will he live? Will they go back into the mountains? Will they go live with her father? We're not concerned about those practical things. No, no. But the complication is that once he's not suffering anymore, he loses his talent, and this is also something that is not just a Sad side effect, but this is like the worst thing that can happen to a person. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> this is also like a life or death obstacle. Like they cannot go on if he is unable to paint. She decides to do something about it in a pretty extreme way. Yeah, so it's basically love versus art. It's only about an hour long, but it's pretty entertaining. Did you like watching it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's entertaining. I partly because I think we're in search of romance with these movies, and this one delivered hard. And it was nice because, unlike a lot of the other romance films that we've seen from Asian American filmmakers and the ones that we've talked about this season, all those which seem to be in a cute indie world that's based in realism, this is so far. This the Dragon Painter is so far fetched in its kind of illusion of what romance is that it's awesome to see Asian Americans take that on full force. And、yeah, it's like a sweeping romance. Yeah, they wear that on their faces as only silent stars can do, and and I could see like why Shashu Haikawa was such a heartthrob. <laughs> I mean, every part of his body exudes, and through his movements, exude like his need to express his love. Yeah, definitely. The daughter of the artist, I, I didn't find her <laughs> as interesting as a character. Yeah, I didn't either. But like, like what's in it for her was never quite. I feel like I needed a little bit more of that. But it's okay. I mean, it, it was fun, and it's kind of sweet to know the behind the scenes that they were actually married. I think that helps. That helps. It adds to the fantasy of him as an actor that he casts his wife's his love interest. He's like Randall Park, basically. <laughs> <laughs> call, call back to season one. 
but yeah, I but think yeah, you're right. yeah, right. Um, like you're like, oh yeah, he is. He is really like a great lover in real life. He just wants to fall in love with his wife on screen. Yeah, and if you think about it, if him as the person, like like this is his production company that made this, that this is sort of a passion project of his, that makes it even more beautiful. I think there's a later interview with him where people were talking about how he was like the biggest star in the world and the guy joked like, did you always get the girl? And he said, not very often. No, it's so rare to have any kind of love story for Asian Americans. First of all, there's not that many Asian Americans for you to get paired up with. And then you can't get paired up with anybody else because of anti-miscegenation laws, especially for like Shashi Hayakawa, with someone who's like, whose whole persona was so synonymous with passion, you would hope that he would have good love stories. It's pretty impressive that, that this exists. And um, I mean, he's one of the few Asian Americans we could really say is Hollywood royalty, whether people in Hollywood care about him today or not. He's a legend, uh, as much as Anime Wong is, if not more. You can actually watch The Dragon Painter online. Just Google it. There's a daily motion video. Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck, a collective of podcasts that features stories and voices from the Asian American community. It's produced by me and Brian. Our logo is by Grace Tallis Lee. Our theme song is courtesy of Rimsky Music and Premium Beat. We have a Tiny Letter newsletter you can sign up for to get lecture notes. Tinyletter.com slash Saturday School Podcast. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G. Brian's at Who's Brian, H-U-S-B-R-I-A-N. And the podcast Twitter handle is Wake Up Sets School. For those of you who have been following along, we talked about Marinier's The Namesake earlier in the semester. And next week, we have a second Marinier film. Your assignment is to watch Mississippi Masala from 1991. Class dismissed. Wait, wait, hold up. You know, Saturday School episodes are pretty short, so I think you have some extra time to listen to another podcast from the Potluck Podcast Collective, like maybe Books and Boba. It's a book club, and each episode features a new book by an Asian American author. They also do interviews, and this week they talked to T. Bui about her graphic novel, The Best We Could Do. It's about her family's immigration to the United States during the Vietnam War. Check it out, and see you next week! Holy! Hot luck. Hot luck.